This episode brought to you by Audible, and today you can receive a free audiobook and 30-day free trial by visiting audibletrial.com slash sports. Listen to your audiobook anywhere, anytime. Exploring the impact of sports. Welcome, Welcome to Rich Take on Sports, the sports podcast with life. Having conversations and hearing personal stories from those who have been impacted, built, and inspired by the role of sports in their lives. Here's your host, Richmond Weaver. This is episode 62. I am your host, Richmond Weaver, and glad you're listening through whatever platform that might be. And thanks for being an investor by investing your time to listen. Excelling in one sport is considered quite an accomplishment, and excelling in two different sports, well, that's extraordinary. And our guest this episode, Kyle Parker, is considered one of the best two-sport athletes in school history at Clemson University. He was a two-time first-team All-ACC selection for the baseball team, while he was also the starting quarterback for head coach Dabo Sweeney in 2009 and 2010. After becoming the first Division I athlete in history to hit 20 home runs and have 20 passing touchdowns in the same academic year, Kyle was drafted in the first round with the number 26 overall pick by the Colorado Rockies in 2010. He would make his Major League debut in June of 2014, playing two seasons with the Rockies before recently returning to Clemson to finish up his degree. And now, Episode 62 with Kyle Parker. Kyle, I can't thank you enough for hanging out with me again. We just got to hang out down in Birmingham at the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame, so we get to see each other twice in a week. I love it, man. Yeah, man, talking about sports, uh, it's always a good time, and just like you said, we had a good time watching Coach Sweeney get inducted into the Alabama Hall of Fame, so uh, I really enjoyed it, and uh, yeah, man, thank you for having me on, listening to me talk. Yeah, I love it. Are you kidding me? And we did have a good time, and Speaking of Coach Sweeney, so what was your first impression when you're recruited by Coach Sweeney? Yeah, so I've known, uh, I've been fortunate to uh, have known Coach Sweeney for a long time. And it's kind of, I wouldn't say weird circumstances, just kind of everything, you know, landed in the the right chronological order when we met. Uh, So he had come by my high school, this had to be 2005 or six. I was a sophomore in high school. He saw uh, a little bit of my football film. And at the time, I didn't have really much, you know, out there to look at. And he invited me up to a football camp. So uh, I came up to a Clemson football camp. And I, I was from, I'm from Jacksonville, Florida. So I, had, I knew Clemson was a school. But, you know, other than that, like, I really didn't know too much about it. And uh, came up here and just, you know, played well in the camp and about the second day he pulls me aside with Tommy Bowden and he's like you're you need to come to school here you got a scholarship and uh it, it was, was that it was, fast yeah it was so early I called my dad and I don't think he believed it because he's like <laughs> I don't know about that uh you, you really haven't played any and you know don't have any interest from any other schools how do you have a scholarship and you know uh, coach Sweeney he just pulled the trigger on me super early and that's my first impression of him. And he would always come down and recruit and hang out in the area. And I'd see him all the time for, you know, two more years until 
I ended up coming to school early at Clemson and you know the rest I guess is history that's was, right was my first year here or first year at Clemson was whenever uh coach Bowden you know uh, was let go halfway through the year and then coach Sweeney became the interim head coach so kind of saw that uh, transition period but before that you know I knew of coach Sweeney as the wide receivers recruiting coordinator and then uh you know, it's you knew great. him before he oh, was. Yeah. and now he's the, the Hall of Fame. Yeah, our Alabama the Hall Sports of Fame, Hall of Fame, National Coach Championship, uh, legendary Clemson coach. So I've seen him uh, kind of progress into what he is now, and you know, I really have to thank him because he gave me a lot of opportunities and just has uh, kind of you know helped me through my career and uh, you know believed in me as a player. So, and from that perspective, when you make the decision to go to Clemson. Was it because Coach Sweeney and Clemson had been one of the first no doubt schools about to it. offer you? <laughs> it's funny because I didn't really get any other scholarships offers till um, I would say at the end of my senior year in high school. So I went to the Under Armour All-American game and uh, played really well. And then all of a sudden I had pretty much every school in the country offer me. But until then... I, it was crickets. I didn't have anything. I had Miami come and say I could play baseball, and uh, I was committed to Clemson, you know, before my senior year. So I, I knew I was coming there, but I, the interest wasn't, you know, crazy. A six foot, kind of skinny quarterback. <laughs> um, so they didn't really know what to expect. But uh, yeah, Coach Sweeney offering me so early and and kind of you know making me feel welcomed. And then obviously, I don't think it, it's hard to sell. Clemson University, uh, it's a great game day atmosphere and had some good players. So, yeah, man. When did they talk to you about enrolling early at Clemson? Because you were one of the early, you know, when you came out and to come early, that was not the norm where we see a lot of that happening today. No, it, it wasn't. And I think that's all kind of contributed to I played good in this all-star game. And then I think they were just felt a little pressure because now I'm getting some attention and they just wanted to get me in school and let me, uh, you know, not lose me to, to someone else. So that was kind of how that worked out. It was like I played well, got some scholarship offers, and they were like, hey, come on, like you need, you need to come early and yeah. come play baseball. And that's what I did. And but now was there out. a part of you that you're thinking, well, wait a second, I'm going to miss the last half of my senior year in high school. Kind of, were you ready? I mean, I, I wanted to uh, come play sports. So that's what I love. So it was like, yeah, I can come in early and, and play on the baseball team and uh, do all that. So I was pretty excited about uh, just having the opportunity to play at the collegiate level. So it wasn't important that you were going to miss some of your... No, I gave up prom. I was just like, let's go play ball. So I, I wanted to... Uh, to get to Clemson and play as soon as possible. Your passion of sports was very high, obviously. So when did that passion for sports begin? What's your earliest memory of sports? So I grew up, uh, my father is a high school football coach right now, but uh, he played uh, in the NFL for a little bit. So I grew up uh, around the game my whole entire life, whether it was baseball or football. So ever since you know I could remember, I was you know, going to a baseball game, a football game, or, or playing, you know, in the backyard with, with my brother. So, uh, you know, from, from an early age, it was just kind of in my life. And what sport did you fall in love with first? I liked doing both. So it, it was really weird. I mean, every, I feel like every kid plays t-ball. So like you're always, from the get-go, you play baseball and then, 
you growing up in the south uh you know initially i grew up in valdosta georgia and then about third grade moved to jacksonville so and that's where my immediate family's from valdosta georgia and if you know anything about that uh, little town in south georgia is they're obsessed with football yes like the two high school football teams it's you know you buy season tickets and like you go to the games like it's a big time college or professional team so from then from just being in that town you got to play football and then my dad being a football player uh, I was always around football but so the thing about him too is he played a little bit of baseball in college at Vanderbilt so he went to Vanderbilt played football and then for I want to say one season was on the baseball team so he like he grew up with kind of doing both and uh just taught that to me and my brothers and it was just season like you don't play football in the summer in the spring you play it in the fall and you know vice versa you know why would we play baseball in the fall or winter like you play that in the spring and summer so that's what i grew up doing it was just like whenever the season came around i was playing football and then whenever the spring season came it was play baseball so you were not one of those guys that specialized in one of these sports and that was really all you did no, for a certain no. period of time, and you just happened to be good at both. But so you played multiple sports just based on their season. Yeah, and uh, I'm a I'm a huge believer in playing different sports. I feel like if you play just one, uh, either you get burnt out or you don't develop. Uh, for younger athletes, you just don't develop other skills. Um, I think that there was a lot of benefits from playing football that I took over to playing baseball. I felt like I would get stronger just by the aggression of the game or just how you progress, you know, in your early, I guess, teenage years or uh, you just get more physically stronger. I remember walking, you know, out to the baseball field after a long, you know, football season and I was throwing harder, I could hit the ball further and uh, things like that I feel like I benefited from from just you know doing different sports and I could develop different skills now what's the difference in ages between you and your brothers so we're all basically two years apart so I'm the oldest and I'm 28 so uh, my middle brother uh, 26 and then you know 24 how much did you guys push and then I have a little each other? I, can't, I have a youngest sister too, and she just graduated from Appalachian State. She played softball, but yeah, we would. Uh, yeah, what was the competition like in the Parker it household? Was very, I guess, competitive. Um, I you have to like admire my mom because it was you know some kind of chaos going on all the time. <laughs> of course. Um, yeah, so a lot of pickup football games in the backyard or, or whatever. So it's kind of. You know, did they love sports much as you yeah, did? Yeah, so we all um, loved playing sports and, you know, to this day still enjoy uh, athletics and it's done a lot for my It's a huge, huge part of me growing up and, you know, it's kind of just being in the atmosphere and the environment of you know, living in the southeast is you just love sports and we all did. And when you're there in your senior year, now all of a sudden you play well in that all-star game that you're talking about, the Under Armour, and now schools are really hot after you. What other schools started recruiting you pretty heavily? So um, at the time, it was uh, Ole Miss, because that was one of the only schools that um, I think they just hired Houston Nutt. So he was blowing my phone up saying, all right, you could play baseball here. We don't have a quarterback. Come play football. And uh, the reason I like Clemson is they were going to let me do both sports from the get-go. 
So, I mean, I, I was pretty loyal and, and set on where I wanted to go just because I had interests super early. I had a great relationship with Coach Sweeney and uh, just kind of fell in love with the, with the place and uh, felt like uh, they really, you know, wanted me to get there from, for a, a long time. So, uh, And was your mindset set on playing both sports or was there any inclination that you might just specialize in one once you got to Clemson? I didn't know what was going to happen. I wanted to play both because I felt like I was good enough. So I didn't want to give one up because I, I, I just knew I could play, you know, baseball at that level and I knew I could play football. So, uh, and was Jack Leggett involved in your recruiting and <laughs> yeah, all of this? Kinda, How did that happen? Kinda, uh, I mean, he was like, he would, Kind of be a little like Coach Sweeney was like the liaison between me and the baseball team. So I he re, knew me since my sophomore year, and he you know knew I was a good baseball player, and he would go relay the message. And uh, at the time, Tom Reginos, he was our uh, the hitting coach, and he re, was the big recruiting coordinator in Florida. So he came and watched a couple of my games and was like, "All right, he's not a bad player. He can." He can hit, but I didn't do all of the AAU travel tournaments. So I would show up and find a team for like one or two, but I would always be working out or doing something in the summer. So it wasn't like I was at every single event where all the colleges were. So I didn't have a whole lot of hype. So uh, what they saw, they saw a player, but I guess they didn't have enough, I guess, evidence around me or from professional teams, interests like that, that made it seem like I was going to be an outstanding player at the next level. It wasn't until I really showed up on campus and they got to see me in person and I started facing a higher level of competition that uh, I was able to at least show them that I was going to be capable of playing baseball. And so was Coach Sweeney talking to Coach Legg and saying, hey, you got to let this guy try oh, to play yeah. baseball. Yeah, and so the thing you have to know about Coach Sweeney is that once he forms an opinion about you, like that it's going to stay the same. So if he thinks you're the best player in the world, like he's going to go out and tell everyone <laughs> you're the greatest player in the world. Uh, and that's the thing that you love about him, just him envisioning and having opinions for his players. I think a lot of times – his goals and expectations and beliefs about every one of the guys on his team is a lot higher than even the players themselves or their parents. Like you just really, uh, or even the fans, he just really has these crazy visions about, Oh, you're going to be this guy. So that was his idea of me coming in. So he's going to coach Leggett and saying, this guy's going to be and like, he's a great salesman. So he pitched it all to Leggett. And I think Jack was kind of just like, all right, well, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. And, uh, you know, fortunately, I had Coach Sweeney hyping me up, and that got me on the team and <laughs> ran into a couple pitches. And next thing you know, I was playing every day. So, Well, you obviously had to impress Coach Leggett pretty quickly when you got on campus. Yeah, I, I, I fit in good. Um, it was a struggling year for us. So that 2008 season was a, it was a big down year off of 2007. We didn't make the NCAA tournament. We were struggling at the beginning, and uh, we had some injuries. And that uh, led to me getting the opportunity to play. So uh, unfortunately, we weren't very good. But fortunately, I was able to play a lot, and uh, I played pretty well. And that's your redshirt. That was my redshirt. No, that was my true freshman year. Your true redshirted. I graduated in December, and uh, showed up here in January, and was on the baseball team. So that was my first freshman season yeah and uh and it worked out good because i didn't have a lot of obligation towards the football team because we had colin harper james davis cj spiller all those guys 
We're, you know, veteran backfield. We knew who the quarterback was going to be, uh, so they weren't really pressing for me to come over there and uh, get the – it would have been like the fifth team reps or whatever. So <laughs> I just hung out on the baseball team and uh, played well and then, you know, redshirted in the football that upcoming season. And when Coach Sweeney gets the full-time tag after Coach Bowden leaves and he's named interim, but then he gets the full-time position as head coach, how yeah, did that you was feel a, about the whole was, change? It was kind of uh, – I mean, I was – I knew Coach Sweeney. He recruited me, and from a long, from an early age, so I was like, "Man, like this is if I'm ever going to get a chance to play, it's going to be with Coach Sweeney." Obviously, like I had to earn it, but uh, I went. So when I showed up, it was uh, Colin Harper was a starter. Then you had Willie Corn, who was just the highly touted kid from 30 minutes down the road, and uh, John Rick, who was Mark or. Uh, yeah, uh, Mark Rick's son, and then me. We had uh, a guy named Michael Wade too from Greenville. So those were the guys. And we, Colin Harper was playing all the time. Willie Corn was getting the two reps, and me and John were drinking Gatorade, hanging out. <laughs> I, no lie. So in fall camp, this is what we did. The first year, uh, I redshirted under Coach Bowden, so I played that baseball season. Went to fall camp, and in fall camp, you have to weigh in before practice, and then you weigh out after practice because. It's hot outside. They want to make sure you're keeping all your fluids. They would give you salt tablets based on you know how much weight you lost. So I would weigh in before practice, go out there and crush Gatorade, come back inside, and they would I would weigh more after. So like you gained two pounds out there because we I was literally not doing anything, just sitting around, and that was uh, it changed uh, a lot after Coach Sweeney got the job. Uh, obviously, we, we had to finish out the season uh, under Tommy Bowden, but I started to finally get you know more reps where I was able to compete because until that point, I was just over on the baseball team, came out and was the red shirt, young quarterback, probably you know fourth or fifth on the depth chart, not really getting a whole lot of uh, you know reps at practice or able to compete. And you know when Coach Sweeney got that interim job. I started to at least get to throw some passes and warm-ups, <laughs> that type of stuff. But I knew, you know, after that season, after, you know, Cullen graduated, there was going to be a QB uh, competition because it was, you know, Willie Korn or some other, me or, you know, John or Mike. So. And when was it that you get the notification or the call or however it's communicated to you that you're going to be the starter? When did that happen? Uh I don't even, I don't know, yeah. man. I know that. So that next fall, whenever we, I mean, it was, a, we had a really underachieving year. Uh, and that's when Coach Bowden got fired. We were ranked fourth in the country going into the season and then ran into, they were eight and eight, or Alabama, I want to say they were like seven and, you know, six or something the year before. And they were like, who is the, who is this team? And that was a start to their, you know, all their great runs. But uh, we had an underachieving season. And after that year, we lost a lot of veteran guys. And Coach Sweeney, uh, we were able to beat South Carolina. So he was able to at least solidify one more year to not have the title interim head coach. He had a, you know, fresh season. And uh, that was going into 2009. And in the spring, uh, we had... I, he made it so there was going to be a QB competition, so he scheduled spring practice around the baseball season, which helped me out and allowed me to have time to just come over there and 
and compete. And uh, I, I don't think he ever gave me anything. He just gave me an opportunity um, by doing that that allowed me to go play baseball and also allowed me an opportunity to just go out there and, and see if I was good enough to beat out one of the guys who uh, was potentially going to get the starting job. And then come fall, though, 2009, that's when you're yeah, named so, the starter. So, uh, so obviously you had a good fall camp as well. I had a good spring camp, uh, a good summer, and you know, came out. And did and, you stay at Clemson during the summer? Yeah. So at the time I would, we would play. So the only year we weren't playing really deep into the, into the baseball playoffs was 2008. So in 2009, we were good. We went to a super regional at Arizona state and, uh, pretty much it took a, a lot of the summer, but I came back after that and was able to, you know, rest a little bit, I think a couple of weeks and then went into the last, like last cycle of, summer workouts and into uh, fall camp. So how difficult was it to make that decision to give up football to pursue baseball? Because you're obviously having a great baseball career at Clemson as well. And now the major league teams are talking about you and the potential of where you're going to be drafted. And you get drafted in the first round. But how was that when you had to make that decision that baseball is my one sport I'm going after? Yeah, it was tough. And... uh, you know, I, I still love football. I love playing. It was just a little gray. So uh, after that 2009 season when we were really good, I went back and, you know, did my last year of baseball. I had a, a really good year, got drafted in the first round, and then couldn't really settle on uh, negotiating my contract and figured, you know, I don't really know what I, I want to do, but I'm going to go back and, and see if we can have another good year in football. And uh, for as bad as that next season was, I think uh, – you know, there's a lot of different storylines in there, and I think a lot of you know great players were formed and guys who came back in the I guess it would be 2011 season and won an ACC championship for Coach Sweeney that really uh, you know kept him sticking around. But I think a lot of that was kind of established in you know that 2010 year whenever uh, we lost to Auburn early and, and got real beat up and. That, that kind of uh, that year, just me getting beat up. I you know injured my ribs, played pretty banged up all year long, and after that, I already had a baseball contract on the table, and and kind of was like, all right, I need to turn the page. And I mean, I can't take another beating like this again. And <laughs> like, it wasn't what it was. Literally, you're not going to get hit no, in baseball like that. It was the worst case scenario for me because it was like, all right, what it, my goal was, I want to come out here and play well. And then, you know, hopefully continue to push this on. I mean, they're going to continue to play football or I'm going to have a ton of, you know, leverage to renegotiate my deal or, you know, try to create some kind of value. So the thing people don't realize about professional sports, especially baseball, is, you know, the more value you can have as for yourself as a prospect, uh, the more opportunity you're essentially going to get, the more chances you are to, to move up and, so on and so forth so you know I was trying to to use that as leverage in my mind I thought I was gonna go out there and play really well um and I didn't know so me getting beat up and feeling terrible every day it was kind of like a sign like all right man maybe you should uh go try to do this baseball thing so now was that game against Auburn was that the most physical game you had been in that was uh I mean yeah I think um whenever you go out and you play a high-end opponent so it was always you know Miami Florida State uh like an Auburn you could just tell uh guys were flying around and and really hitting hard 
And that game, you know, versus Auburn at the beginning of the 2010 season was, it was pretty crazy. It was one of the more physical ones. And I just, it was so early and we took such a devastating loss that we should have won. I yes. think that it, it really, you know, it beat us up for that whole entire year. And it was kind of tough to, to get over that. But, uh, it, it built a lot of character and it, it kind of a lot of the guys who made up that team were the same guys who made up that 2011 you know squad and 2012 squad um that were so successful but it was uh definitely a trying time and i, I mean if you ever listen to coach Sweeney talk about it he thought he was going to get fired after that year because it was just we lost to south carolina we had a poor, just a poor showing, but you could just tell the guy, like, we didn't want to lose, but the, the guys didn't really give up. And, you know, they kind of had, everyone had it fresh in their mind. Like, we were just so close. What do we need to do to not let that happen? And uh, a lot of those guys learned a, a lot of lessons from that season. But that Auburn game, man, it was, uh, we were the walking, you could just tell. The, the walking wounded yeah, after that. Man, the guys were hobbling, and there was some, some hard hitting going on for sure. Now, what about making it into the major leagues and you get drafted and now I presume you're feeling a dream, though, that you get to play professional sports. Had that always been a dream early on as a kid that you wanted to? I mean, I know everybody wants to go to the highest level, but was that a vivid dream of yours? Yeah, I mean, I I wanted to play you know, baseball, football, anything. I just wanted to play at the highest level. So uh, getting that opportunity was was pretty cool. And uh, I I don't think there's anything like, like being a big leaguer, like playing in the NFL is awesome. But if you're a big leaguer, you could play every day in a cool stadium, like all the time. You don't have to go to practice all week long. Like you just show up every day and play. So, uh, yeah. So what is that life like? It's, it's pretty awesome. Um, I know there's a grind to yeah, it, obviously. There is a grind. It's, not and, many guys make it to the major leagues. Yeah, there it is a grind, and you, you play a, a ton of games. You play every single day, and you have to have some things to go, you know, the right way for you. But uh, it's definitely a, a ton of fun and, and great experience. What about that first home run you hit in the major leagues? What was that oh, feeling yeah. like? Can you remember it <laughs> yeah, vividly? Yeah, I hit a homer. Uh, my first homer was at, in Coors Field, and uh, it was a ball. It was a slider about three inches off the dirt. I don't know how it went out, but, uh, yeah, it was uh, a good feeling. Now, how difficult is that, though, major league batters, pitchers versus minors and even college baseball? What's the difference? I think there is a... There's a, there's a big difference between uh, a major leaguer and a, a collegiate baseball player. I think it, uh, it's something that you just develop skills. So the more reps you get, the more bats you get, the more games you play, the better you're going to get. And a lot of these guys go, you know, into minor league baseball, and all of a sudden you're playing with you know spring training and and after the season, you know, probably around 200 games or something. You're just putting all that time in, so you really refine your skills, and then you factor in guys coming from you know all the a lot of other countries, uh, the Dominican, Venezuela, is uh, I mean that makes up you know almost half the teams in, the, in a minor league or professional team. So uh, you're really getting the best of the best. So the competition 
is, uh, it, it is it's a lot better. So, and, and that even increases from, you know, double A to triple A to the big leagues. So you see a lot of guys who, who are really talented. What player that you played with or played against in the majors that just amazed you at their talent level? Uh, so I was Nolan Arenado, the third baseman for the Rockies. Uh, I was around him a, a ton, obviously being um, with Colorado. So just seeing him play, it's pretty amazing. And that's a guy who you know, every year he, since he's broken to the big leagues has won a, a gold glove and been an all-star and hit you know, 30, 40 homers a year. So uh, watching a young guy like that play is pretty impressive. And then, you know, obviously you got uh, the the all-stars with, with Trout and, and uh, Bryce Harper, who are uh, pretty uh, freak shows out there. And who was the best pitcher you had to face? So um, my first start in, uh, in Colorado, when I got called up, uh, I faced Kershaw. He threw a no-hitter. So that was in L.A. So that, I got a, wow. a, a pinch hit a bat the day before, and then the next day started um, first Kershaw, and uh, we we had a tough run. I think we gave up like seven runs in the in the third inning, and he was cruising, and he ended up throwing a no hitter, and that was uh, well, that you're was part like, of history. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So and, and being in in that uh, division in the West, um, I would face you know a lot of uh, lefties like that. So Baumgartner and Kershaw, um, those were always guys who. You know, we're pretty good. Now, I know you're doing some stuff on college baseball broadcasting, the ESPN app. Is broadcasting something that you'd like to continue to explore? Possibly. Uh, I, I mean, I want to do it. I think it, it keeps me connected uh, to the sports world. And I like talking about baseball. And I like talking about any sports, really. So uh, it's something that I enjoy doing. Um, you know, right now, it's just kind of where I end up and, and uh, you know, what region of the country I end up in. And I'm definitely uh, interested in broadcasting, and I'm glad I have the opportunity to do it because it's something I can kind of take with me wherever I go. Yes, you can. And obviously, you're about to finish up and get your degree uh, from Clemson, so you can at least say you're a Clemson grad now. Yeah, I'm an alumni, so I get the license plate <laughs> and everything. It's going to be awesome. So when you look back... What do you take away from sports and why you love sports so much and how it's impacted your life? I think, uh, you know, other than just the pure joy of the game, I think that sports has allowed me to just meet a lot of uh, good people and uh, form a lot of good memories. So uh, just my people on my team, teammates, all that stuff uh, has been, you know, a gateway that that sports has allowed me uh, to just create these friendships and, and have a, a lot of uh, life memories and, and great experiences. A lot of relationships. Yeah, no doubt about through it. sports, for sure. And you've been around Coach Sweeney, of you, as you had mentioned, and we've talked about, and he has all types of words of wisdom. What about for you? Are there any types of phrases, quotes, mottos, or words of wisdom that has meant a lot to you? Uh, I'm not like, I can't just spit them out. Like if you ever hear <laughs> not many people can, no, if you ever hear him talk, you're like, dude, does he have these written down? I need, he does. He writes on everything, but he's got all, uh, all of these like quotes and, uh, whatever always, uh, written down. But I'm a, a firm believer on just a simple, you know, no stress life. And, and what I like to think about is, uh, you know, probably two things, um, only can you you can only control what what you can control and that's one of the things that i would always you know tell myself in baseball just there's a lot of factors out there that 
that you can't really determine. And uh, uh, one of them is my effort quote, and it's kind of just something I always tell myself, like, don't be embarrassed about, you know, the outcome or whatever happens. Just be, you know, more, you be more embarrassed about the effort you give. So I would always tell myself that, you know, during a baseball game, it was like, all right, the only thing I can really control is, you know, how hard I try. And if I really put the effort out and, you know, don't you go out there and strike out, you know, five something times a game, never be embarrassed about, you know, the result. Um, if you tried your hardest and, and put, you know, your best foot forward and, and gave it all your effort, that's what you, something you should take pride in. So things like that were uh, probably things that I always kind of try to keep relevant day in and day out. Well, I think that's a great mindset to have, and I think it's going to serve you very well in life. And I'm looking forward to following your career, and I'm so glad that you and I are connected. And thank you so much for being on the podcast. Yeah, man, thank you. I've had a good time uh, hanging out here with you today, and I appreciate you having me on. Taking advantage of opportunities seems to be a common theme for Kyle. When given an opportunity to excel in both baseball and football, he has done just that in his career, setting several Clemson records and, of course, making it to the highest level in baseball with the Rockies. And there's no doubt that this theme of excelling will only continue for Kyle in his next endeavor. Now that finishes episode 62, and remember, focus forward so we don't live in the past. All the best, everyone. You've been listening to Rich Take on Sports, the sports podcast with life. Visit richtakeonsports.com to subscribe and catch up on any episodes you might have missed. You can also follow us on Twitter at Rich Take Sports. Thanks for listening.